Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. For the first time, Medicare dollars are not being spent because of the beneficiary, but because of the beneficiary's caregiver, uh, who might feel burnt burnout, for example. So that's really neat. There's things like 40 hours a year of respite benefits, where the caregiver can have a break for 40 hours in a year, and have a professional give them a break so maybe they can attend a wedding, go on vacation, things like that. So, Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, co-host Zach Morgan and I sat down to discuss our mid-year update, which includes Medicare Advantage, update on current guests, and new benefits coming in 2020. We hope you've enjoyed four years of Pop Health Podcasts as we near episode 100. If you'd like to leave a review, please do so on iTunes. And of course, you can reach us at info at pophealthpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy today's special episode. Well, Zach, I'm very excited to have a mid-year review with you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, so I know you've been uh, all over the place this year, and we'll get to that in a moment. So, folks, we are nearing episode 100 of Pop Health Podcast, and it's been pretty neat. I may have mentioned this before, but when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a broadcaster. And while it's not necessarily a full-time job, I get to do it, and I get paid to do it, which is pretty cool. I actually wanted to be on ESPN Sports Center, which is still around and one of my favorite shows. But uh, working for ABC as an intern, it just uh, didn't work out. But glad to be here and be in broadcasting still. Um, we're now, again, getting close to episode 100, and we're doing the show almost four years as well. So I mentioned Zach's been out uh, traveling, and, and not just on the professional side, but he has some cool updates on the personal side as well, which I guess it's been a while on the personal side since we've talked to you, Zach. So. Tell us what's happened with you here in 2019. Yeah, it's been a big year. Uh, professionally, I have been a little bit uh, absent from the podcast just due to uh, taking on some responsibilities and helping out our out-of-state offices. So I have been uh, learning all about uh, the Dallas, Texas area and the Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona area, um, places that I had uh, I had been previously, but not spent nearly as much time as I have uh, uh, in the first half of this year. It seems like sometimes it seems like I'm setting up uh, another residency uh, over there in some of those places too. Yeah, on the personal side, uh, I am excited to announce. Although she would say that I probably don't announce it enough that I got engaged uh, in the first half of this year. So that is very exciting. Luckily, we've got a little bit of time uh, until. Uh, the wedding itself, but we are in full swing of wedding planning. That is awesome. Okay, so give the audience a little recap of how you popped the question. Yeah, so um, you know what? She had actually made some plans with some friends of ours that have a, uh, a rooftop um, over by the beach here in Southern California. And so I got pretty lucky. I didn't have to make the plans to uh, to get her somewhere to surprise her. I kind of hijacked the plans that she had already made. Um, and I invited her parents and I invited my mom and my brother and they hid at the house. So she didn't know that they were there. Um, and I proposed on the rooftop and then the first people that came up, uh, from the, from the house were her parents. And so it was really exciting. Yes, it was exciting. I've seen the pictures. Now, one cool thing I've had the chance to meet Ashley maybe once or twice in the past. Um, Zach's a big sports fan. 
And for all the folks listening out there who are sports fans, uh, maybe there's a stereotype in our culture where mostly men are, are sports fans and kind of lead that charge. Zach kind of hit the jackpot on something here. Zach, would you mind telling me, uh, I know you're a huge sports fan, yep. but tell us about your fiance's interaction with sports and how it's kind of benefited you as well, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Ashley was actually a member of the LA Kings ice crew. Um, so the team that does some of the in arena, um, you know, presentations and things, but they also are the ones out on the ice um, between timeouts and things like that, actually cleaning the ice off. Um, and so, uh, she obviously has a ton of connections. She was there, uh, the year right after they won their first Stanley cup. So her first couple weeks on the job were doing the Stanley cup tour. Uh, and then her last year, uh, on ice crew was the second year they won the Stanley cup. So she actually got to be there, um, the night that they won it. Um, and she has some really great memories, but she also has some really great connections. So it has been beneficial for me, uh, for events at, at Staples center and things like that. So it sounds like she brings championships. So we'll see what kind of championship she brings. You here. That's right. Hopefully. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations, man. Super you. excited. And you're getting married, uh, I believe, later this year? Uh, next year. Next yep, year. 2020. So 2020. We, we put it a ways out because I've been traveling so much this year. So yeah, but enough about me. Yeah. Uh, it is exciting to be back. I, I missed it. And you know, you talked about your dreams of being a, being a broadcaster. We do get to play broadcaster here. If, if anybody's ever seen the pictures of our setup, it does uh, it does at least seem like we know what we're doing. And so uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good setup uh, and it's been fun, but... One of the things, Gavin, as we kind of dive into the topics and the things that we've really built um, Pop Health on, one of the things that we've heard the most feedback on and that has really been a buzz um, the most in the industry is something that uh, you and I were both lucky enough, although I think we created our own luck um, on it to have positioned ourselves pretty well on, um, and that's the changes going on in the Medicare Advantage space. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to work with you uh, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year to get some of the things going. You've really been kind of carrying that torch both on the podcast and um, in our professional uh, responsibilities as well. Um, so can you give a little bit of an idea first for people? Um, how has it been going in 2019? Um, what uh, did it look like when it actually happened and what has been kind of happening so far this year? Yeah, definitely. I think a big piece uh, in my life over the last year was just education, not just for myself, uh, but once I learned it, also educating the community on these new 2019 supplemental benefits that still very few plans have actually implemented here in 2019. Um, among the healthcare world, um, especially when it comes to in-home care, um, and again, on the folks who, who need it for their patients, so for example, case managers, social workers, they are very eager to hear um, how, uh, in my day job, I've, you know, we've been able to make an impact on those beneficiaries. But again, I really want to emphasize these new benefits have been slow to trickle in and are picking up steam, and we anticipate greater uh, opportunity in 2020 and a greater patient population to benefit from things like um, additional meals, additional access to adult daycare, additional access to in-home care. There's even some funding... Uh, for respite. So for, uh, and again, this might be repeat for some of you, but news to others. For the first time, Medicare dollars are not being spent because of the beneficiary, but because of the beneficiary's caregiver uh, who might feel burnt, burnout, for example. So that's really neat. There's things like 40 hours a year of respite benefits where the caregiver can have a break for 40 hours in a year. And have a professional and give them a break so maybe they can attend a wedding, go on vacation, things like that. So that's been neat to see. Um, 
I've seen a lot of those authorizations come through on the respite side, but also on the transitional care side. One thing we really want to hammer home, and again, for some of you, this might uh, be repeat information, but others might be new. Health plans are not authorizing lots of hours and opening up the floodgates to provide free in-home care ongoing. Some of that does happen, but it's not with Medicare Advantage dollars. Medicare Advantage dollars are limited per month where plans can utilize care on a limited basis, like during a transition of care from hospital to home or from skilled nursing to home. So the plans that are doing it, you might see something like a four-hour authorization four times. So quick example, uh, you have patient A who is in a hospital setting and they're ready to go home, but they have no help at home or they might have a spouse who's never done caregiving before. So having a professional caregiver there for a few days and at four hours can really help ease that transition from hospital to home. It can also be from SNF to home, so skilled nursing to home. Um, some of the plans have benefits where whether the patient's coming from a hospital or the patient's coming from a skilled nursing facility, as long as that benefit is initiated, typically within the first seven days, they can receive transitional care support. But again, one thing we want to emphasize is this is typically a short-term benefit to ease the member or the patient back to the home setting. That is typically how the benefit's being used. And again, across the country for the transitional care benefit, and this has been uh, in a lot of uh, articles and things like that, it's about 3% of health plans have implemented that benefit. On the respite care side, it's a few more health plans, but still very few as a whole. In 2020, we anticipate more. Um, so super exciting. One thing for me, Zach, that's been pretty neat, and I know you've had the opportunity as well, is um, here in 2019, we've been able to build more relationships and among the healthcare community, they're eager to hear not just about the benefits, but how things like in-home care, even assisted living, how those can be part of the care continuum. Whereas in the past, maybe it was, well, that's a luxury only for the wealthy. I actually that wanted to ask you about that a little bit. Um, and so for people uh, who may want to know a little bit more. We're talking about the supplemental benefits that have been starting to uh, be added into Medicare Advantage. And Gavin, you've because of some of the work that uh, that you've been doing, you've had uh, pretty some pretty unique opportunities that um, we're usually on the other side of um, with interviewing people. Uh, you had mentioned that people are hungry for knowledge on this. You've actually had the opportunity, you've been asked to speak um, at some professional groups uh, this year, specifically in regards to some of the work that you're doing. What has been, uh, what have people wanted to learn more about um, when you're speaking to some of those professional groups? Yeah, it's, it's an example might be, what is the referral process? So quick example, Anthem is one of the health plans across the country that has implemented some of these supplemental benefits. Um, and my specialty is in-home care. So a lot of folks, even if they're out of state, so uh, kind of a career highlight, in my opinion, um, is speaking at these events. Um, I had the privilege of speaking alongside uh, the director of uh, case management at Scan Health Plan, Mary Chris Tenko, at the American Case Management Association's national conference up in Seattle, Washington. And even folks that may not be in the same areas that we serve, uh, they ask us, hey, how can this work in Illinois? How can this work in New York? Um, who do we talk to? Um, 
so it's been neat to be able to be a resource for the industry, um, but also mostly in the audiences, folks from health plans or from big hospital systems. Uh, multiple meetings uh, for me have come from these speaking opportunities where um, I can help engage with different health systems and teach them how this works, why it might be beneficial for their patient population. So American Case Management Association was a great uh, opportunity for me earlier this year. Also, Case Management Society of America had the privilege of working alongside one of Anthem slash Caremore's product designers, Scott. Um, and he was awesome, man. Speaking alongside him, he really was able to remind the audience about the care side of what we do and tell some really good stories. So um, yeah, mostly just how does the referral process work? Who do we talk to? Who do we convince that home care makes sense? Yeah. And I'm not sure if you've noticed too, but I know in my conversations, because Gavin and I both are lucky enough to be able to be having continued conversations on the professional side as we head into 2020. And I have noticed an extreme difference from the conversations we were trying to have last year, where most of the people we were talking to, we had to explain to them what we were talking about uh, versus moving into 2020, where I'm rarely talking to people uh, whether it be at health plans or different systems that aren't aware of the benefit, whether or not their their particular plan or if they have or if they know if they're doing something in 2020, it seems very rare now that people aren't aware of it. Has that been your experience as well? Definitely. I think it's less of them aware the awareness that it's out there that home care can be part of the continuum, but how do we engage it and how do we pay for it? Yes. Earlier this week. Um, I was out in Orange County in Southern California and one of the most prestigious health systems out there is like, let's move forward. Okay, which bucket of money do we take this from and can we legally take money from this bucket? Yeah. So those are often the challenges. I know Zach is a real humble guy, but a lot of the reasons I've had success is based on a project that Zach did uh, a couple years ago um, here in Southern California as well where we're recording where he worked with a, a patient population from United Healthcare and Cedar Sinai. Yeah, it was uh, um, an all hands project, but we have noticed, I think, over the year, whether it's with the plans that we've worked with in 2019 or with some of the projects that we've done, that there were certain places that wouldn't move forward without the data, which didn't exist because these programs were brand new. Uh, and then there are certain partners that we've worked with that knew that the data didn't exist yet. And that's why they felt that the risk was worth it to dive in and try to create some of the data. So I'm excited to see what that looks like in 2020. One of the big changes coming up, um, maybe you can expand on it a little bit more, um, but they are opening up the requirements for people with chronic conditions and tying the, the current tie to a medical necessity. So I'm excited to see how that changes um, things. I'm not sure if you've talked to plans that have been um, starting to look at that, but I do think that will open up some of the possibilities as we move forward. Yeah, the whole social determinants of care buzzword, Yeah, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a direct tie to medical, which is pretty cool. So uh, to be upfront, Zach, I haven't had a ton of conversations specifically about the indirect, yeah. you know, the social, we've had lots of talks on social determinants, but there hasn't been 
I guess. I can't say, yes, we signed contracts yeah. specifically addressing social determinants of care without a tie to medical yet. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it just opens <clears throat> up the, the, the potential patient population that can benefit from it. Because I think we have seen a, a large benefit for the people we've been able to help. Definitely. Uh, so, Gavin, as we uh, as we're kind of pumping through this this episode, I mean, we could talk about Medicare Advantage the whole time, but we promised the people a little bit of a uh, a recap. Um, you mentioned we're coming up on four years. Uh, you've been the uh, at the beginning and all the way uh, through here on four years, coming up on on a hundred episodes. If people didn't listen to our last one, which uh, we'll give them a pass if they didn't, but can you tell us about the very first episode of Pop Health Podcast? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we interviewed leaders in cardiopulmonary care from Hogue Hospital, which is down in uh, Orange County, California, Newport Beach, uh, where I was based at the time. And we recorded in a empty office space where on my day job, we were just moving to a bigger space. And so there's actually a picture um, of just this empty office and us recording using like books to lift up the mics. We had some older equipment had no idea what we're doing. Um, we had a uh, search engine optimization colleague like help buy the equipment for us and figure it all out. Uh, and I think minute 16 of the episode, my phone rings really loudly and we didn't know how to edit that out back in the day. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And that first episode got about 200 downloads, which for mass media people might laugh at that. But for us, we were like, sweet, dude, 200 downloads. Yeah. And we just Barely. I mean, we're not even marketing. We're not paying for advertising or anything like that. Yeah. So um, that was really cool, man. Um, I do think upgrading the equipment is one of the better things that we have done over the course of the show. Because if people have ever looked at us on the pictures uh, of the episodes, uh, we used to have the microphones with like the four inch stands. So like you said, you either had to prop them up on books or you had to hold them the whole time. And now we've got ones that at least uh, come up to the height of your head when you're sitting. Um, and we have downsized the the carrying case of the equipment, which makes us a lot more mobile and has opened up a lot, a lot more guests uh, for us. One question we do always get uh, and something we didn't address last time is uh, people always ask us if we're doing the show live. Uh, how do you uh, how do you tell guests and how do you explain that to guests? Yeah, so the show is a recorded show. We do not air it as we're talking, but we do the recording in person. Um, I think most podcasts out there do like telephone. Um, I've even seen like uh, over an internet audio connection. Um, we've we thought about it. Um, and it is an investment to travel, uh, our time investment as well, but just the quality of the show, the relationships we're able to build, um, doing it in person has been well worth the investment. And I think the quality, when you listen to the show, you'll be able to tell that this is not a telephone conversation and um, hopefully you can hear us pretty clearly. Yeah. And one other thing that that uh, we get questions about all the time for people that listen to podcasts a lot is you don't hear any breaks with a MailChimp ad or <laughs> anything like that. But um, I think most people know we have a professional job. We work for the same company outside of here. But um, I think we're pretty careful about how we navigate that with the podcast. How does that work? Uh, that's a question we get a lot. Are we bringing in dollars? Are we doing this just for the good of the community? How does all of that work? Yeah, the answer is no and yes. Um, <laughs> so really the goal of the show, and in all transparency, and you probably hear at the beginning of the show, this show is produced and funded by 24-Hour Home Care, which is our day job. We work very carefully to not cross the line 
into plugging 24 hour home care, pushing it, having it, you know, all that good stuff by us keeping it pure. And I really call it like a not for profit podcast. And we're, we're technically losing money, um, but it's a way to educate the community um, on what's out there. Um, we've built some great relationships and all transparency because of it. And we're going to continue doing this. Yeah. Um, it's a very small part of what Zach and myself and our other colleagues do, probably less than 10% of our time. Um, but it's been very worthwhile. We learn as well, I think, selfishly. Yeah. Like putting in the time and effort to do these shows, like the amount of information and knowledge I gain and am able to utilize in my day job and my personal life uh, has been huge. So that's generally how it works, Zach. We have been approached for sponsors. I know you have as well, right? Yeah. Here and there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it hasn't quite worked. I, I yeah. will say I think that the reason that we have uh, stayed away from that and the reason that we're very lucky uh, is that, you know, 24-hour understands that in order to get the guests that we get, get the podcast has to be independent um, yeah. from that. And so um, I'm not sure you see very many branded uh, podcasts landing landing huge guests uh, all the time because uh, um, we really didn't – the intention of the show was never to be that. But that's why you're not hearing the, uh, you know, the constant contact uh, um, ads or anything like that. And for the time being, uh, you won't be hearing any of those as we move forward. Yeah, and I'll, speaking of like ads and like mass stuff, we also – uh, do our very best to not even like send this out to people who aren't like from an example email marketing right our marketing team who's, who helps us put this together is very clear that the, the people that we blast this out to directly to their email that we generally need to have a relationship with them or their permission to send this out i can't just get a list of people and send this to yeah um, it's actually illegal yeah. To do that. Although if any of our listeners would like to blast this out to other people that they think <laughs> would also like to listen, that by all means, we would love the, uh, the, the share if they have Spotify or if they have iTunes. That is one other big thing. So Gavin, initially when you started the show, uh, and you know, in the first couple of years we were doing this, where was the, where could people listen to the podcast? Yeah. Initially it was just iTunes yeah. and just pophealthpodcast.com. Um, Zach has actually been a big part of the growth and uh, channels in which uh, we can expand the podcast. I want to go back to the podcast equipment. Um, Zach, he's very humble, but he helped get new equipment. It was small. He was able to carry it on when he traveled oh, yeah. on Southwest uh, to Northern California, Arizona, Texas, um, which made it a lot easier. You don't have to wait by baggage claim. Um, Although you do get some funny looks going through the TSA sometimes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is in there? Yeah. Um, oh, you get pulled over yeah, and you got to exactly. get searched. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Zach's been a key part of that. Zach helped us get on Spotify as well, which was big. Like, kudos to uh, the folks behind the scenes. Um, Susan, I think especially over the years, who has uh, helped us uh, gain uh, more notoriety through places like Stitcher as well. So the, so we started at popoffpodcast.com and iTunes. And now, dude, thanks to you, Zach, we're on Spotify. And thanks to Susan, we're on Stitcher. Um, I think there's there's a lot of third-party apps as well that tie into those groups. Yep. So you'll find us in other channels as well. But our our most traction, I would say, is iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spotify, and popoffpodcast.com. Yeah. Great. On that note, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and run through uh, some of the past guests and other uh, things that we're looking forward to. Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. 
right, welcome back to Pop Health Podcast. I am here uh, interviewing my co-host, Gavin Ward. Uh, we are doing our mid-year review episode, um, coming up on 100 episodes in four years. Uh, we wanted to look back a little bit. Um, we have had, we have been lucky uh, to have an illustrious um, group of guests. And Gavin mentioned our very first guest. I think you hit a home run getting leadership from Hogue, which is one of the most respected, you know, health systems in Southern California on the very first episode. Uh, and that just kind of launched us through a trajectory of illuminaries and, uh, and guests that I'm not even sure I ever really, um, believed or thought that we would be able to access or get. Um, some of those people have had, uh, exciting episodes and then exciting, lives and updates afterwards. Um, specifically, Gavin, I wanted to ask you about one of our favorite uh, interviews, Dr. David Feinberg, who had, but when we interviewed him, uh, moved back east uh, to go run Geisinger, uh, formerly of UCLA Health. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about, about his uh, his progression now? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Dr. Feinberg, I think we may have briefly touched on this at our year end last year, but all for those that didn't hear it, um, so he was uh, a big leader at UCLA, well-renowned, and then went over to Geisinger on the East Coast, which uh, some people kind of equate to a very innovative company. There's uh, similarities to Kaiser. He helped grow that organization. That organization does things like feed its patients. Uh, we talked about earlier in the episode of social determinants of care, like they were able to really focus on nutrition and do some very charitable work with Geisinger and have some great outcomes. So he's had a very successful career, and he's been on the radar nationally. Um, won many awards, been recognized. So Google saw him and basically said, hey, now that we're doing Google Health, help us run it. And uh, so he's over there now. Um, I have not been in touch with him since. We were very fortunate to spend yeah, some time with him. Absolutely. Um, we rec- I think we got to his hotel at like 5.30 yeah. in the morning. He was still working on East Coast time, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he had flown in to talk uh, here in LA, um, I think at an event for, his for-, for UCLA. And uh, yeah, his team was happy to have us yeah, do an episode with him so long as we can work around a schedule. So we got there super early in the morning. I think he was in, he had worked out already, already been on a phone call. Um, and he's actually going to be at the, uh, do a keynote at the HLTH healthcare conference in Vegas coming up in a couple months. And he's one of the keynotes for the, probably the biggest healthcare conference, uh, in the United States. I'm hoping to get him on the show. I'll be there as well. <laughs> one of the cool things about this show is we are recognized media. Yeah. Um, what I mean by that is we're getting media passes to some big events like the HLTH conference. And to be upfront, when we launched this four years ago, I didn't even know what a media pass was. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. Hope you'll be able to catch him uh, briefly at that event. Um, another one of our past guests that... Um, yeah, been in the news lately. Yeah, has been in the news lately is Home Hero. Yeah. And Zach, you'll probably recall, Home Hero was the episode where we had our first four-letter word <laughs> that was dropped. It was also the most downloaded episode, yeah. um, and that was uh, Kyle Hill uh, was the, one of the founders of Home Hero. He was our guest. So fortunately for Home Hero, even though their first run into home care didn't pan out, they were able to uh, shift gears um, and actually sell some of their technology uh, to a group that's focusing. Uh, they're more on East Coast, Midwest company that's going to be focusing on the direct-to-consumer model and direct-hire model. So that's the situation where a family hires a caregiver directly and is responsible for all the employment taxes, things like that. So that there's a company out in the Midwest. I think it's um, uh, run by the Almost Family, former CEO. 
that's going to use Home Hero's technology. And one of the guys, I think that was in Home Hero at the beginning as well. He had some uh, ties or affiliation to it. Yes, definitely. So that's some good news for the folks that invested in Home Hero. Now, Uh, some of the other venture capital-backed companies have also been in the news, uh, maybe uh, mixed news a little bit um, on that front. Can you tell us a little bit about, just since it's been such a hot topic on this show and uh, just in the community in general, some updates in that in that space? Yeah, so Home Heroes is definitely an example of mixed news. You know, they had a tough uh, end to their traditional home care model, but have been able to salvage it, create a new company called Harvey. Uh, feel free to Google that to learn more information about that. Uh, we did an episode with Kyle a few years ago uh, from Home Hero. He talks a little bit about that, so check that out. So yeah, Home Heroes are mixed uh, mixed news. Uh, so Home Team is at a company on the East Coast that Kaiser invested in. We did reference them, I think, in a past episode as well. But yeah, they struggled as well doing the traditional home care model. Uh, they were going trying to use technology to help with the traditional senior care, private pay home care model. And uh, to be upfront, uh, they struggled, and now they're really focused on the Medicaid population and leveraging their tech their technology to serve the Medicaid population. So good luck to those guys on the East Coast. Uh, we'll see how they do with uh, their shift. And then lastly, another company, Zach, that I think you uh, might be referencing is Honor Home Care. So uh, they, similar to Home Hero, raised a ton of money. Venture Capital started as a kind of direct-to-consumer, direct-hire model where they're hoping families would use their uh, platform and website or app to hire caregivers directly and efficiently and, and all of that. And uh, they decided after seeing... I'm, I'm guessing not as much growth and success there that they tried to become a uh, licensed home care organization. Uh, where that's the W-2 model where you employ the caregivers. Uh, there's some more overhead involved with that. Um, and I know they tried that right here in Southern California recently. And uh, again, they, they've shifted, at least here in Southern California, where now they're going to focus more on being a, a software company. I still believe they do some traditional home care in other parts of the country. But yeah, that's uh, that's a good point on your end, Zach, where there's been a lot of money infused into home care and other areas. Um, and it's been tough. Yeah. Although it does seem that, um, you know, the technology backed um, venture capital companies uh, made sub- such a splash a few years ago. Um, but over the last year or year and a half, it seems like mergers and acquisitions have really dominated uh, the marketplace in general. Um, I know not just here in California, but in I'm, all 50 states definitely, but in Arizona and Texas, it is sweeping the healthcare industry also. Um, and that is just kind of across the spectrum. What have you seen kind of on the mergers and acquisitions side? Is it just home care? Is it consolidation all around? Yeah, definitely consolidation all around. Um, I myself am not a uh, uh, like a venture capital uh, working for a VC yeah. company. Um, I have been fortunate to be involved in a few deals, uh, but typically have not included VC, more smaller yeah. situations. And my day job um, had the opportunity to help companies that were struggling, and we've been able to either you know kind of take over those organizations and maybe even onboard yeah. um, some of those folks to our company. Um, or um, we've been able to develop additional service lines as well. So there might be companies that do home health and, and hospice really well, um, and maybe they tried home care, but maybe 
they didn't figure out that model. And so uh, recently, for example, here in 2019, we have one of the most uh, well-known names in home health and hospice, and now we are operating their home care for them, yeah. uh, which has been really neat. So that wasn't VC dollars, but I've seen you know, home health, definitely lots of mergers and acquisitions, senior living yeah. as well, skilled nursing. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, from what I've seen, um, it is a lot of either people trying to expand their footprint uh, within their own industry or uh, expand into other industry via acquisition, whether that be, like you said, moving into a new service line uh, or just acquiring a competitor for growth or what also I think I've seen a lot has been um, acquiring companies who already have like say a strong Medicare or Medicaid business uh, in order to not have to start that uh, from scratch and get into that space immediately as as healthcare moves and shifts a lot in that space, as evidenced by the, you know, the first half of our show and, and where a lot of our uh, conversation lie. So it'll be interesting to see how the, how the healthcare landscape looks over the, when we do this show next year even um, and, uh, and how it's changed from there. Definitely. So as we're, uh, as we're bringing this to a close, one of the things, Gavin, that uh, we heard the most about from our last show uh, and the, some of the feedback uh, that we got was just a look a little bit behind the scenes at some of the things that have happened and the things that have gone on. Are there any new stories or uh, new shares that you have that, that people don't get to see from behind the microphone? Yeah, definitely. A couple new stories here in 2019, a little bloopers, I guess you can say. I don't think I revealed this back in 2018 when we did a review, but um, I have lost our case lock uh, that Zach purchased for us. <laughs> Um, and not only once, he doesn't know this until probably today, but I actually lost it a second time. I'm 39 years old, getting some gray hairs, so maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, no, we travel quite a bit, um, a lot, I should say. Yeah. And so keeping everything intact uh, can sometimes be a challenge. Our, our you know, mouses, wires, cords. So yeah, I uh, lost another lock this year, um, and I bought another one with my own money, of course, to replace it. One thing that's pretty embarrassing I'm not going to say which episode, um, but it happened this year as well, not too long ago, as I traveled to record an episode and saved it onto my laptop, and then I got a new computer, uh, Microsoft Surface, which I have here today. I love it. And so I transferred all the documents over, and during that process, for when I went to open up the podcast and start editing it, it would not open. And I've literally talked to my internal IT department. We have an outsourced expert company we use as well, I could talk to them. <laughs> spent some money just investigating, couldn't figure it out, man. And so I had to call the guest who's out of state and say, I am so sorry. Here's what happened. I blew it. Can we re-record? She was very gracious. We're going to re-record. And uh, I'm not going to name the episode, but... Uh, it's like a nightmare <laughs> scenario. Like, oh. Always, every time we record these, I'm like double, triple, quadruple saving. And then every time I reopen it back up, I've got my <laughs> fingers crossed. And yeah. So I did not uh, triple check this one. Probably not even double checked. And that's on me. Uh, so that's an example. Um, also, the, earlier this year, uh, I had a colleague with me who knocked over uh, some hard podcast equipment. I'm not going to name this person. And it was a first impression to a CEO of a large organization where we scratched his office wall. And I don't think that scratches off because uh, I think we've, I've been back to that office uh, since and I think it's still there. 
really leaving our mark uh, <laughs> literally on uh, on on our guests. And then also uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, I've mentioned that we've been really lucky with getting some illustrious guests. It doesn't always uh, work out, at least in the short term. You swung for the fences a little bit um, earlier this year. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So um, you guys know about the Affordable Care Act um, and President Obama or Obamacare. And as we knew about six months ago, we were nearing episode 100. We said, man, what if we did this big event, got Obama to come? And like literally we're like, let's, that could be possible. Like we would be willing to invest the time resources to make this a reality and maybe have him come in and talk about changes in healthcare since the Affordable Care Act thing that he's an expert on. So um, for those of you that may have tried to reach out to a president or former president before, you can imagine it's, uh, I don't just go on LinkedIn and shoot him a message. Um, he's got his team and you don't even have direct access to his team. There's not a phone number or email. Some of you may have that. I'm not privileged enough to have that information, but there's a site and literally they warrant, you have to fill out this huge application. Not, not that big, probably took 45 minutes, which is more than just a quick email, right? Usually a quick email is like yeah. five minutes and it, they warn you. You may never hear from us. We may contact you three months later if the events, you know, three months out. Like it's there's a, I won't get into all the details, but it's very interesting to say the least. I've also heard his. Uh, it's not cheap. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So did reach out, spent the time. Um, no, I have not heard back yeah. from President Obama or his team. But trust us, if we if if we do, the audience here will be some of the first to know. <laughs> yes, and if anyone has a direct channel, we are. Uh, we would love to talk with you. Um, because we are open to possibly doing something like that. And we, while we're somewhat smiling and laughing about it, it's actually true. Yeah. We are open to it. And, so. uh, as much as I'm sure, well, I'm, people would love to listen to that episode, but, and I'm sure as much as people love listening to us banter, this is not, I'm sure what people turn into, uh, the show for. So what do we have, uh, brewing for people, um, for the rest of the year here, Gavin? Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, you may have noticed, um, you know, the show's cadence has gone to about once every three weeks. We are so busy in our day jobs that it's been a little bit hard to keep up with the pace of biweekly. There's a quite a bit of time and effort that goes into recording, traveling each episode. So we have lots of guests lined up, um, but uh, that's the reason why. Uh, we hope to get back to biweekly depending on our bandwidth here in the near future. But uh, yeah, coming up, we'll have some leaders from some pretty renowned health plans here this fall. Last year, you guys might remember, we did a little mini series on health plans and open enrollment and Medicare Advantage. So we'll be doing something similar this year. Um, we will be having our 100th episode as well. And look forward to hopefully having you back, Zach. You've been traveling all over the place. And um, I think the audience might get sick of hearing my voice. So um, hope to have Zach. They haven't in four years, Gavin. So I think, it's, <laughs> I think at this point, you've established yourself. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it, folks. Um, really appreciate you, Zach, taking the time to sit down with me today. Anything else uh, that we should know before we end up uh, closing up today's show? No, looking forward to the rest of the year. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, Zach, you've been uh, great kind of taking the lead in today's episode. Um, where can folks find us and leave reviews? Uh, so as we mentioned before, uh, on our website, pophealthpodcast.com, uh, or on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, even on Facebook, you can stream it through there. Uh, and we would love to get reviews. The more reviews they get, we get, the closer we are to getting Obama. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome, man. Well, hey, good uh, recording with you, Zach. And folks, if you want to reach out to Zach or I, feel free to email info at pophealthpodcast.com. Zach, they can find you where? Uh, the email's the best one. Email's the best one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very good. Well, thanks, folks. Take care.